Osiris. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. <laughs> right now. We right are live. We Hello, are live. everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm doing great. How are you? you you've I've, had a long morning. I'm great. It's. I don't even know what time it is. Um, I, I'm. I'm on very little sleep. Uh, just got back from New York uh, about an hour ago. Uh, ready to talk about the shows that I didn't see this weekend. Um, right. That's right. You know, That's what we're talking about today. Yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And fortunately, we do have a couple of guests who were at the shows um, in Cincinnati, and we will bring them on in just a little bit. Very excited to get started. We've got a lot to cover today. We've got our two Cincinnati shows. We've got to do a little year end wrap up uh, in fantasy, which I'm, I'm sad Brian isn't here for. But, you know, I, I feel like there was a bit of there's a bit of shame. He didn't want to show his face. There will be plenty of time to discuss that with Jai. Yes. Uh, and and. and- of course, we'll we have to to talk. So. Yes, and of course, we have to talk about the bracket, um, which you know we now have all the the field is now closed. There will be no more jams played that could be considered. So, you know, we've got two days until the deadline, but we will get to that all, of course. Um, and before we get started, as usual, yes, came to play. You are correct. You're about to get a Verzio mushroom. Averzio Functional Mushrooms are here to help right now, whether you are gearing up for a show, going to sleep afterwards, or recovering and restoring the day after. Using varieties like Lion's Mane, Chaga, Reishi, and more, Averzio concentrates the health benefits from these potent fruiting bodies into a supplement with a variety of applications. I take their Lion's Mane focus every morning and really enjoy the boost it gives me throughout the day. Order your Averzio today with code STORMSOUND15 for 15% off your order, Available to ship anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. There we go. You are muted, sir. I thought there might be an Averzio supplement that would allow me to watch two streams at the same time. Alas. They're working uh, on it, I hear. Not that good. Uh, maybe someday. Yeah, no, maybe someday they're working we can on watch it. two well, streams at the same time. Yes. So let's, let's get our guests in here. Uh, we've got Taylor and we've got Jeff. Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys? How's it going? Hey, guys. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Thank you guys uh, both for coming on today. Really, really excited uh, to you know hear about your firsthand experience in Cincinnati the last two nights. Um, but yeah, let's dive in. Talk about, um, you know, on the 30th, I know I heard a lot of different um, experiences at the venue from the first night to the second night. Taylor, why don't you take us through going in on the first night? What was that like pre-show? Yeah, yeah. So I was actually on the balcony both nights. So I think I had a little bit different experience than some of the stuff I heard about the floor. I heard the floor the first night was very crowded. And mm-hmm. I saw how crowded it was. My experience was seamless getting in. Uh, they had separate entrances, which was interesting. So like you either went up 
into the balcony or you went down into GA based on where your ticket was. So it wasn't like you couldn't really mix and mingle as much as other places. Um, but the balcony was amazing. I was like on the second row both nights of the of the second floor. So mm-hmm. just you um, got in probably an hour before the show. Really easy access to merch, easy access to uh, foods and drinks. Everything was really smooth for me. But I know the the floor seemed a little bit different. So I don't know where Jeff Jeff where you were if you had. Were a you on the floor, Jeff? Uh, I was on the floor first night myself and my wife Raina, who's driving. Say hi, Raina. Uh, and we were on the floor first night. It was a bit of a shit show. It was packed. Um, but, you know, we were maybe 12 rows back, kind of right between Rick and Pete. And we had a good crew around us. You know, was, the vibes were pretty good. But for second set in particular, there were just too many people. It was way too packed. You wind up with the issues that you have at any, you know, oversold GA floor, which is, right. you know, a lot of people butt to butt and you know amateur hour stuff you know people going down people drinking too much booze not enough water um you know and you know there was some misbehaving we didn't experience any of it firsthand but we certainly saw some door you know heard some stories and saw some things from afar some guy was trying to fight people and fight security you know it was, it was unfortunate but you know the show was really good and you know fortunately the, the things going on on the floor did not detract from us enjoying it. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the opening bit uh, of 1230's first set. You had Elizabeth, Blood Buzz, Ohio. What, what what was that like? Jeff, tell us about the beginning of the show, first night, first look at the new lighting rig. All right, so Elizabeth kicked in, and it was on. The whole place just started to uh, we got to feel and experience the sound of the room. That you know, this is a brand new venue built specifically for concerts, and there's been a hype line from locals about how great the sound system is in the venue. It did point. It sounded amazing in there, uh, and, and you know, Getty had a new light rig. We could talk about it a lot, but long story short, you know, it's less busy. He had some. You know, instead of adding new toys, he actually kind of scaled and put a big white screen behind the stage. And, and they did some things where kind of interesting color palettes would be projected in the back of the screen to do mm-hmm. things. And then, uh, and then you know, a light rig sort of it would do the usual things that you expect out of a Getty light rig. But in seeming, you know, softer, different color palettes. But... Yeah, so the light rig kicked on. I don't think it really did anything too fancy during Elizabeth, but uh, took a few songs before we really started to see what it could do. But Elizabeth was great, damned it nicely, got everybody up, and, you know, was started. I, I, I think that if you've been following along with this year, you fully expect them to play Blood Buzz Ohio. The Cincinnati ship looks amazing. Yes. Here and whatnot. But, I mean, they hit it hard. It was great to see that coming so early. And then, you know, that as a big, you know, indie rock fan, that was nice to see happen. Start of yeah. the show. Hell yeah, yeah. It was it. That that that's a, a great cover that they do. Taylor, what about you? What what was the beginning of this first set like from your perspective? Yeah, I thought Elizabeth kicked it off well, and that, there's a nice little jam on the end of it. If you don't skip over the uh, the end of that, it's it's definitely you know, goes almost type two, picks up really heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blood Buzz was great. I was at Red Rocks <clears throat> when they played it the first time as well. And I've seen the National at Red Rocks probably like four or five times. So that was a cool experience just to be able to see that mm-hmm. there. Kind of was expecting it. You saw the crowd, like the people who knew what it was were, were amped. The people that didn't were like, well, this sounds pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that was a, a, a really big uh, a big one. Then California Magic came, which was always welcome for me. Uh, love, just love that song. The Midwest uh, song and then the West Coast song. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I, I, I always, the first time I heard that song, I thought it was a cover. It's so just catchy and good. It just sounds mm-hmm. like something that like your dad would play in the car when you were a kid or something. Uh, <laughs> such a good song. So, so that was a, a nice treat too. Yeah, Neil, what Neil from the couch? From the couch. Uh, I mean, Elizabeth was hot. That was a hot Elizabeth. And I think it was more Elizabeth than I was expecting. Mm. So that, that was killer. And 
That is a very, very good way to start a show. I do love an Elizabeth opener. There are some good ones out there, and this one is is pretty great. And then, you know, like Jeff, I'm a huge indie rock fan, and I loved Buzz Ohio long before I, you know, loved Goose. Um, so anytime they play it, it's great. What's killer here? I should have seen it coming. I kind of thought they were going to play it the second night, to be honest, but. Mm-hmm. They played it here and it was really good and you know awesome to hear about this venue um these types of venues are getting built all across the country right now where you're basically all just kind of on top of the stage no matter yeah, where it looks you so stand vertical yeah and it, it's just it's so cool that i guess people are out there building music venues that are designed to be, like enhance the music experience right mm-hmm. which is like a long way from like terminal five um which is a dance club that they put shows in, basically as far <laughs> as i can tell Mm-hmm. Um, and I was at Terminal 5, and it was as bad as, as everybody says it is. Um, and <laughs> so it's cool to see these rooms. I, it's like, it, like the, it, the, the, I don't know if any of you have ever been to the Fillmore Charlotte. Uh, when I, I saw Goose there in March. It, there are no good sight lines in that, in that place. It was like a billion degrees and oversold. It was just, it was awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, this place was the exact opposite aside from the oversold piece. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it was always dull, especially if you're on the floor, but there were no bad sight lines in this room. Like, That's amazing. It, it sounded like the overhangs would not when there's balconies, but, you know, it didn't sound as good as you don't have a balcony overhang, but, but still. Right. It was, I was really impressed with how to make that sound look. There were how to make that room sound and look almost no matter where you were in the place. Uh, yeah, but, Hey, I, I, I thought I thought 9.30 was great in March. <laughs> um, okay. uh, oh, really? I, I uh, thought it was great. I, I was on the balcony, surprise. though. I wasn't on the floor. And yeah, it, that, that's, that, yeah. Well, stay tuned for our many-hour-long bracket episode next week when I'm going to get shat on for talking about the DC Wisteria for a long time. You will. <laughs> I, don't, that's I mean, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's inevitable. <laughs> I'm going uh, to talk about it. Um, so anyway, back to this show. Yeah, back uh, to the second, music. Yeah. Yes, back to the one we're actually talking about. Second half of the first set, we get Seekers, first big jam of the night in Echo uh, and Turn Clouds. Taylor, uh, tell us about this segment. Yeah, Seekers. I feel like when that one comes on, the whole room usually lights up. It's just always welcome. Such a good one. Um, You're talking about part two, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always, always, always about part two. No, I won't start that controversy here. I thought uh, when it goes into part two, you can't, uh, you just can't deny the energy in the room. It was great. And uh, like I said, always, always welcome there. But the echo of a rose, I would, I would venture to say it was my favorite jam of the weekend. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed the improv there. I, I think we were talking about maybe a little earlier. It was just like, very seamless, extremely uh, different segments, but it didn't feel forced in a way. So if you go back and listen, you'll find yourself in very different places within the jam. Mm-hmm. There's never really these pauses where you're like, they're trying to think of where they're going to go next. It was just extremely seamless. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. I actually went back and listened like three times yesterday when I was walking around Cincy. Nice. So that was kind of my, my vibe of the weekend. So great jam there. And then Turn Clouds, I was surprised to see him play another song. So that was, that was awesome. It kind of almost felt like they tacked that one on the, the end. Bonus, yeah. that, one just, uh, that was my first goose song I think I ever heard. So that, that one's always fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I, I feel like Rick's, you know, Rick's again, the new meteor tone that we've been talking about a lot recently. I felt like that was really on display um, in the echo, you know, strong oh, jam. Yeah. Jeff, what, what, what did you think of this second half of the first set? You know, I'm going to echo Taylor in that, you know, I think that echo- no pun intended or pun intended. Uh, it, oh, I, I guess that was unintended, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it, I, I think Echo was also my favorite jam of the weekend. Uh, it, I mean, it was multiple parts, really, really awesome part that showcased, you know, kind of like that sludgy riff rock thing that that uh, that Rick is really starting in these large rooms with this new tone of his is is really just some gooseness and then to see that just kind of command of the room to this new tone coming through here in Cincinnati was was, was really great to see that trend continue. Uh, you know, then there was a, 
another second jam to the echo that was really cool. And that something else notable about this echo is this is when I think the light rig really started to kick in. We started to see things to do more with projections other than just the lights themselves. Uh, and it, it turned. I, I did put a couple of videos up on Twitter, so I, I'm happy to on Twitter. Uh, so in those echo videos I put the other night, exactly what was going on with behind the state. Really, really cool, cool stuff that playing. Nice. Neil, what about you on the Echo? Yeah, I mean, you know, California Magic, awesome. Seekers, awesome. There was a little bit of a live uh, set list posting snafu there where uh, Jive tricked me, oh. but we're not going to go into it. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so here's the thing about Neil when he does the set lists. Um, I, 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 I actually, I've done this once or twice before, but when Neil is, when Neil is doing the live set list, um, our good friend, our good friend Jive Goose likes to, um, fuck with him in our group chat <laughs> by tweeting the, or tweeting by, by messaging the wrong song as it starts. So something like, you know, when they started mist, he was like, Oh, creatures. Or when they start seekers, he's like, Ooh, travelers. Um, and yeah. Neil, unfortunately, um, fell victim though you know we, we do know that jive goose has made mistakes of that nature before so. all the time all the, all time. the time and he so. will never admit it i will admit my mistake we have uh, receipts there there are receipts somewhere yeah it's true but yeah it's so true. that that was <laughs> i forgot about that that was very good. yeah he got me good he got me good not, that's that's just not nice yeah it was yeah. it was so, it was really interesting being at a fish concert and watching the the group chat happening during the show there was there was a lot going on but yeah sorry I, the echo. So so yeah, echo. Uh, I this echo is really good. It's really really good. I am a sucker for multi-part gems. This is a multi-part gem. It gets immediate consideration for like you know top gems, and in, in my bracket when when something like that happens, I need to go back and listen to this one because it did not hit me the way it hit people that I'm like reading about. Like I was thinking this is kind of like the the tail end of my bracket, kind of maybe maybe not. But uh, people really dig this jam. So I need to go and check it out. One thing that I, I did kind of notice when I was listening to it is just like how deliberate, and this is actually a theme for the whole weekend, but, uh, or not, yeah, I guess the weekend, um, is Peter's piano playing. I mean, he really, really leaned heavy on piano and he does it in this jam mm -hmm. and it's super deliberate and it, it's, it's great. It's very, yeah. very good. Yeah, he's so, doing yeah. that a lot in Colorado too. A lot of very heavy on the piano yeah like just way more piano than you would expect in you know backing up to elizabeth earlier you know there was the clav section and then he immediately jumped off the clav right to piano um and yes yeah and there and then, were garrett thank you for pointing that out there were a couple of ccps in there uh, uh coincidental chord progressions uh for wolfman's brother and Sinnerman uh, at a couple of different times uh so far the the committee has ruled that um, they are not full teases, but it was, yeah. it was cool. It was cool to catch that. That Wolfman's theme is a theme that they pick up here and there, and yeah. like you've pointed out, is the same chord progression as Pancakes. Yeah. So they're just picking up Pancakes basically, and you know it's it's a pretty simple progression, and it seems like something you could just kind of pick up in the middle there, and I don't know, it's pretty cool stuff. I did not catch the Cinnamon thing. I, I saw it. I saw it. Listen posted a couple of times um but yeah that's de definite definite ccp on that one yeah um, well the piano let's then? I, I, I guess if none of us heard it i, I didn't hear it either but yeah, i mean peter was definitely using the piano to establish just want to say i want to i want to point out um came to play uh just for the record i like using the draconian criteria because i'm a nerd <laughs> and it's good <laughs> um okay let, let's talk about the second set here um you know a couple of really really interesting things here i know you know jeff's really going to want to talk about um what happened at the end of the second set here uh, i know you're, you're a big fan of it uh so jeff tell us about the second set you go first all right, so they started by playing it was not it was 
And uh, I mean, it, it was a great myth. I don't remember a lot about it and have not had a chance to go back. And the fact that I don't think they finished it, it sounded, it, I'm remembering correctly, here we'll go let's go uh taylor why don't you talk about the second set we'll come back to jeff once he's slightly better connection yeah no worries um echoing what he said uh the mist was was really good and it, it was we got into a really good groove at the end i feel like the the jam was pretty similar like it didn't stray too far away but it was a mm-hmm. really really nice groove and then i think rick came back with the, with the auto-tune uh vocals kind of at the end like almost bringing it back but i don't think they completely finished it so it was pretty cool uh just like almost not quite landing but but a, a pretty cool way to end it and um you know i think it was like 15 16 minutes just mm-hmm. with a, a good groove and then uh into the arcadia which was absolutely amazing that intro going into it was just yeah. uh you know i could i could talk the whole podcast about how cool that was because you could you could tell it was coming you could you could almost feel it i turned to the guy next to me i didn't know him i was like i think it's arcadia he's like no i don't think so and i was like i think so and it kind of kept getting closer and closer and closer and by the time it was there it was almost this build and the song had just started which is a really cool way to like go into a song that everyone loves to hear mm-hmm no, I, I, yeah, hearing hearing the fresh take on the intro like that is really cool, and you know, I'm I'm hoping they they do more things like that because that that's awesome. Yeah, it was really it was really neat to hear, and then obviously the the jam speaks for itself. But the heartbreaker teases were amazing. Uh, big Zeppelin fan, so I was picking up on those. It was almost like they were fighting it because it, they never fully went like into it where it was, sounded completely like heartbreaker, but the teases were just right there all through it. So it was kind of this cool push and pull where it was like, we're not going to do it all the way. We're not going to play heartbreaker, but we're going to let you know, like that it's, it's right there on the cusp. So that was, it was really, it was really neat it, just to watch the, the dynamic there. Rick, Rick was, was tearing that up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Arcadia was great. That Arcadia, let me tell you after um, getting haze by jive and messing up, the, the the live tweet the of the, seekers, the set yeah. list and then they start playing that thing and i was like what the fuck is going on like i just <laughs> what like, is you know this? i like i was sweating bullets and i was like i should know what this is this sounds familiar to me but i have no idea what's going on right now it was gorgeous i i really wish i wasn't live tweeting the set list because that probably was really cool to listen to and like not like you know, text all of your friends and say like, what the hell is going on? Right. Um, but yeah, killer. And then uh, kind of a neat little heartbreaker thing, which is like not typical goose. This is not a thing that like goose does just like kind of throw in some Led Zeppelin in there or like, you know, kind of going back to Goosemas with like the, the, uh, uh, what the heck? The Rockdale? The, uh, the Rockdale. Crazy yeah, yeah, train. Yeah. yeah. Crazy train. So um, interesting that they're doing that now. This is a new thing. This is not a thing that's always been done, in my opinion. But um, I, I don't know. Pretty great. And makes that jam super memorable. Killer yeah. Arcadia. Yeah, I, I like that too. I, I'm, I'm sure it was just, you know, Rick and Trey were texting. And Trey was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I teased Heartbreaker last night. And then, you know, Rick <laughs> Rick wanted to get in on the action. How to do um, yeah, really, really cool jam. I love the intro. You know, Peter, Peter's been really using that vibraphone really well lately, um, and it sounded great. Um, I did actually. I also want to talk about the mist too because this uh, this is one of the longest mists I think since Kansas City twenty twenty one, and like just a lot of great patience in this one. Amazing vintage vibe work from Peter in the jam. Like just really, really, really excellent. Um, and you know, this song, when, when they, when they build it up like that, when they take their time and then Rick just goes ham on the, on the vocal ending, it's always amazing. Yeah, it was really patient. I think that's a good word for it. It, yeah. it, it didn't, a lot of the jams from this weekend took off really quick out of the song. Like within a minute, they were somewhere else. This one really progressed slowly, but it, it got somewhere. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we'll hear from Jeff, hopefully when his connection gets restored, um, and then rest of the set, uh, cool. We get slow ready. Another one of those, uh, you know, 
second jams, if you will, or outro arpeggiator jams. This one um, didn't segue as cleanly as um, a lot of other slow readies have, I think, in my opinion. Um, I, I did not note it with the full arrow segue uh, on .NET uh, because of that, but still cool. Ooh. This old C got, got going quickly. Um, and then Hollywood Nights, which was... Um, I, I walked out of MSG as like the, this old C jam was like peaking. And I like, you know, I, I obviously the first thing I did when I walked out of the venue was put on the goose stream naturally. And so I, I caught the segue, which was really cool. Um, and you know, love that song. And now that we're talking about Hollywood nights, Jeff, you got you now. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Sorry. I think we were driving through some, some bad signal area. Can you hear me now? No worries. Yeah, you're coming through. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, so so this old C, just to get back to that, it, it felt a lot longer to me in the moment than it really was. You know, it kind of went into a spacey jam towards the end that I thought you know, was closer to, you know, 18, 19 minutes, but I think it was just like a 12-minute C. But, yeah, it was 13 yeah. or so, I think. But, but it, the way that it melted into Hollywood Nights was really, really cool. I actually thought it was something else coming. I forget what, but uh, my wife picked it up right away, and she was like, "Is this Seeger? Seeger?" And then, and I was like, "Oh my god, it is! It is!" <laughs> Fortunately, the crowd was really, really packed during that second set because otherwise, I may have ripped off my shirt and then <laughs> that guy. Uh, you know, I, I actually started trying to pull up the shirt, and I was like, "You know, people are too close to me. I can't even put the shirt over my head." So. You know, that, that saved a potential incident, and it actually allowed me to not get ejected before the encore, which is great. Perfect. I really wanted to experience that encore. <laughs> it, you know, it, it was Jeff Engborg, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. Engborg, yes. Engborg. yes. Yeah, so that's what, that's what was on the set list, so that's yeah. what they played. Yeah, Hollywood Nights is great. I loved I loved seeing it at Mohegan uh, in November. Happy happy they brought it back. I think this is a great song to segue out of a jam like that. This old C or the Arrow at Mohegan, and I hope it I hope it you know pops up fairly frequently uh, in this kind of slot. I think it just keeps the energy high out of a blazing jam. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I was not expecting them to do that secret cover again. You know, I I mean I hoped that would one day see it, but did not see it coming there. Really nailed it, you know. Rick didn't break the string this time and got to, you know, yeah. use all for his solo. And solo at Mohegan was great too. But you know, that I think they really just they nailed it on Friday night. You know, mm -hmm. that they... you were you were a happy guy, Taylor. What about you? What do you think about Hollywood Nights? I thought it was perfect way. The, this old C, the jam that came out of it was so different than the song proper. It was almost like dark and there's good like energy building, which was so different than this old C song. And then that Hollywood night segue was almost just like the icing on the cake coming out to end the show. It was just a really, really cool uh, like exclamation point on what I thought was probably my second favorite jam of that night with this old C. I, I really, really like that one. Uh, if you haven't, like for people who haven't gone back to that one, it's it's shorter, but it's it's powerful. Yeah. So I loved and it. And then and then as you mentioned, Jeff, they played a, a Jeff Engborg encore. And so, you know, we don't we can, <laughs> yeah, we can I mean it's always nice Jeff Engborg come back. Yes. I love <laughs> Garrett Garrett's comment. You know, butter rum, doobie. That was like a it was a pretty big gap on Doobie song. Um I believe yeah, yeah last 30, played August show gap. Yep. Last played at Dylan. Only the well, the fourth time it's been played this year, um, but the the other two were in January and March. So long gaps, long gaps for Doobie song, and it's uh, I think it's pretty much always in the encore these days. Yep. Um, well, they knew Jeff yeah. was coming, so yeah. they set up that Doobie for him, and they were like, "Do we give Jeff a Jeff Angborg, or do, do we, we give, give him, him a Doobie? butter rum Doobie, butter rum Doobie?" And <laughs> yeah. like you know, they just like. We got to do the doobie, and you know, congrats, hey, Neil. Man, that you got your doobie. <laughs> hey, Neil. Hey, Neil. Do you know what other show that from this year has a doobie song encore? Oh, I should know. Uh, wait, it is a great was it, it was, um, was it DC? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about let's talk about last night, uh, okay. New Year's Eve. 
Um, you know, I really like that they decided to do two sets this year instead of three. I felt um, last year's New Year's show, you know, they, they kind of tried to shoehorn a third set in for the sake of the spectacle. And I think it was just kind of like, okay, you know, they played a, a 50 minute set. Um, and I'd rather hear, I think most people were talking about in the last couple of weeks leading up to this, you know, we'd rather hear two longer sets than three shorter ones. Um, yeah. I think they pulled this off, but what, what was the vibe like going into the show, uh, last night, Jeff, start us off. Uh, yeah. So, so last night we were up in the balcony instead of on the floor and whole different scene up there. I mean, it was kind of like there was room to take your shirt off. Yeah. I would have had room to take off my shirt, but I was uh, and, and it, it was a festive atmosphere, you know, I mean, saw, saw a lot of people around before the show that night. I mean, I, I saw, I, I saw Haps before the show, saw some other folks. I, I, I won't go into who I saw, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but it, it was festive. It was New Year's Eve. People were, were dressed up and they were there to party. You know, I think you had a few more, you know, locals just coming out, you know, cause it was like something to do for the night and, mm-hmm walked away very very impressed i know some people i was sitting near you know even though they had to you know leave early to get to the sitter or whatever i mean they they were blown away um but yeah i mean it 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 was just a it was a good vibe in there you know it felt like like a new year's vibe if you've ever been to a new year's show i have now (laughs) taylor yeah i would agree I, i sat by some locals their first time seeing goose which was cool it was almost like People in town, you know, having this big of a show come into town. They're like, we got to check it out. <clears throat> they left definitely fans when I when I gave them a hug and told them Happy New Year's goodbye. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, festive is a good word. I love the uh, I'm a big indie rock fan, too. I love the music before they're playing a bunch of Fleet Foxes. They're playing a bunch of just like music that I, I love. Big Fish fan, big indie rock fan. So like seeing all of this merge together is always just really neat. So, yeah, mm-hmm. good atmosphere. Uh, easy in and out. Like I said before, it, it was this venue, they, they have it, they have it down pretty well, especially on the second night. And, and they had more water last night and you could bring in water. Yeah. They were giving it out in wagons. They were wheeling it around, throwing it to people, which was great. Staying hydrated. Yeah. It's the key. You would think Um, after Woodstock 99 venues, like would not fuck up the water thing. I mean, here we are 23 years later, 24 years later now. And we have a documentary to show us. I waited in line at Setbreak <laughs> last night for 25 minutes at MSG for a water fountain because there are only like two <laughs> in the whole venue. Worst venue in the country. But that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, let's not talk, what we're let's talk about this first set. Um, you know, starts off with All I Need, Born, Hunger Sight. Um, you know, breaking, I think. Some of the longest gaps, I think the longest gap on Born for sure, but the longest gap, also the longest gap on Hunger Sight since the gap between its debut and Philly in the spring. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I was surprised to see both of those songs, you know, disappear for so long. You know, Born was 14 shows, Hunger Sight was uh, seven shows, which is not that many, but a lot for that song. Um, but you know, the All I Need had a had a great little jam in it. The Hunger Sight, you know, they're really that song is 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 in its groove now. You know that that it's like that groove that they hit with Trey at Radio City in that song. Like that's kind of the jam they're getting into now. Just this very propulsive, you know, hard charging, fast groove. That's uh, very nice. But what what was the let let Neil from the couch? Oh, can I go first? Yeah. Um, oh, oh, thanks, Ryan. I was going with the, I was uh, going with the first hands, but <laughs> mix it up. Um, yeah, no, interesting that they shelved Born for so long. I don't understand that because mm-hmm. it's such an awesome song. You would think they would want to play it more. And Hunger Sight, it feels like they were just kind of keeping in their back pocket. Like they didn't get around to playing it at the end of fall. And then they went out to Colorado and they're like, we're saving this for New Year's we're not going to play this through the entirety of Colorado. And that just kind of happened that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I see what you're saying about hunger side. This is like the, the hunger side jam you expect now because there was a, a while there where it wasn't really clear what they were going to do with the songs. And also with born too, um, where every version kind of sounded a little bit different. Um, so yeah, I mean, killer way to open the show. Or, or I mean, yeah. Uh, I misspoke. 
Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it is so. a killer way to open the show. And the it all is I need a killer was awesome. Open a show. But the all I need was awesome. Right. I was yes. just going back to look at the set list. I mean, this this set, talking about um, jamming over the course of the weekend, this has like the most concentration of like really good Bro. jamming, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Taylor, what did you think of uh, the first half of the first set here? Oh, we're losing. Jeff, what did you think of the first half of the first set here? I thoroughly enjoyed the entire first set. I mean, all I need, it was another one without a second jam, but, you know, when they play it the way that they play it, when they play it well, I mean, it doesn't need a second jam. I may be running a or whatever but it was a good version uh born was super nice to hear and it sounded really really good in that room you know kind of acoustics of the room i think you know to be able to hear three little piece of an elegant song like that is really yeah. nice and yeah hunger site i actually expected them to open up at some point over the weekend or i, I think i it seemed to figure they would open set. I thought it could even come out of the New Year countdown because it's been such a big part of the year. Right. They put it in that slot right there and to really, really just open up the improv the way that they did with it and with that impulsive you know, roof, like you mentioned. I mean, I think that the night just kind of took off in that part, you know, like your site sort of flipped the switch in the room and, mm-hmm. and they were tonight i mean like they could do no wrong like every get very very well together oh yeah yeah and then and then we get our, the second play of mr action uh great song uh you know i i really like this one and you know we, we talked uh you know when we were talking about the boulder show we talked a bit about how it was like the origin story for dr darkness uh you know lyrical similarities and then we got dr darkness later in the show um but yeah, great to see this pop up. And then, you know, Straight Burden, big version last night. Really great jam. You know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, before we went on, how it's kind of like similar kind of like that that Reba-esque jam that we saw in the Westville version back in May. Um, I also thought the like the, the ending, the last section of the jam, bears a lot of resemblance to a Flea uh, jam, which is a similar kind of two-chord thing, but it felt like just a more a more rocking version. Um, of that there but really really excellent red bird and i think if if there's anything from the weekend that's gonna end up you know more towards the middle of my top 64 i think it's this i think it's this jam right here and then the drive was cool um you know another kind of shorter version still no o's you know we please bring it back um straight to the second jam yeah you don't it was a great great drive yeah, it was a great drive. I thought it was a really good drive, and I thought it was unique as far as drives go. Had a couple different components. You definitely got a bit of the the Peter rhythm guitar. You got a bit of Peter on piano, um, and yeah, pretty unique jam. The Redbird, though, can we talk about this Redbird? Because this is the one I bet was like, excited to talk about. Yes. Um, so this second jam in this Redbird, very, very similar to the Westville Redbird. And now it has me questioning everything. Like, I, I need to go back and, like, listen to Westville Redbird. And because I don't have it in, in my bracket. two days, Neil. I know. And, and so, like, if I like this Redbird so much, then I got to go back and listen to that Westville Redbird because they do feel somewhat similar. Um, this kind of did have two distinct parts, which I really enjoyed. I think a bunch of people were talking about patient jamming this weekend and this Redbird is like the prime example of that. The first jam, the typical kind of Redbird type one jam that happens coming out of the, you know, the lyrics, it's just like, they're like building it one piece at a time and everybody's kind of throwing something into the pot to kind of make this thing. And it's killer. It's so good. And I just, I love listening to them when they're jamming in that way. And then it kind of drops down to like a very silent part and they do it all over again. They just keep building piece upon piece upon piece. And then it arrives at this really gorgeous jam that, you know, folks will say it sounds like the Reba jam, which doesn't exist, but uh, it did sound a lot like the cross item painless jam. 
this is a killer gym. I really, oh man, it's just, yeah, I'm stoked about this one. And we'll see where it lands. Yeah, yeah that, that Redbird was phenomenal. You know, I, I think my favorite improvisational part of the New Year's show for sure. And, you know, it's something that you didn't really touch on that I think might have been my favorite part of the song was in between the first jam and the second jam, sort of when it, it everything kind of falls out and it goes into silence for a moment. There's almost like this couple minutes of just like post-rock jamming that starts to have rhythm building up underneath it. And it's not the cross-eyed slash Reba jam yet. It's just this really patient, gorgeous post-rock jamming. And I was just in a state of pure bliss during that, you know, just couldn't believe it. And then, and then they started going into, you know, what it ended on. I was pretty sure it was a cross-eyed intro for a while. And so, you know, I was actually fooled to the point where, and when they dropped into drive, I thought it was going to be cross-eyed. And I was like, oh, no, they're going to do drive instead. This is great. But I, I was fully expecting it to be cross-eyed. And yeah, I, I don't know if I was wrong in that or what. That fell. You weren't alone. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, that was a great jam for sure, 100%. Um, and then second set, you know, their their kind of theatrics last night were really cool. I, I look forward to watching this whole thing on video. You know, I've I've seen some clips here and there. Um, I I caught a little bit of the beginning of the second set. Um, at one of the set breaks last night. Um, you know, right, right at the beginning of Doctor Darkness, and I saw like you know they came out in all white with the you know creepy visuals behind the stage. Um, but it's cool to you know read this morning like that. You know, they they were wearing all white. Um, I think you guys said Peter was the only one with sleeves. Um, yeah. And the, and the second set was performed in like all monochrome black and white colors until the new year's countdown. So dark to darkness, Indian river, silver rising, and the first part of Madhavan all in, in grayscale. What Jeff, what was that like in the room? Oh, wait, 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 before, before we go oh. into that, Jeff, Jeff, tell me, uh, were you on the edge of losing your sanity in Dr. Darkness <laughs> with what they were showing on that screen. Cause that was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Uh, well, Raina just laughed. Raina, Raina, were you scared? <laughs> it was weird for Goose. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird for Goose. Uh, you know, it, it was really cool. They don't tend to do this kind of like art rock theatrical stuff. Like you might see with other bands, you know, like, like the screens behind the stage during Dr. Darkness, I felt like I was at a Billie Eilish concert. Like it, it was, it was really cool and disturbing stuff going on on the screens in black and white. And then it was with that creep Dr. Darkness intro that they really extended for, for a while. And um, yeah, I, I just thought that three song opening intro piece was really, really cool. It was just three amazing theatrical sounding songs. You've got Dr. Darkness, the new Indian River, and then uh, what what came next after that? Uh, oh, Silver Rising, and and just the way that they did this black and white art rock thing with the screens and minimal lighting in that room, it was really really cool. And to see them all out there wearing all white, you kind of started to understand the poster from the first night that had kind of just like if you haven't seen the posters, it's all these guys out in space and. And instead of their space helmets, they're just kind of like white spots where you can like, I guess, color in whatever you want. You know, you can draw the person or the guy mm -hmm. signed the, the little bubbles on, on each figure uh, for the signed versions of the posters. But yeah, it, it was just really, really cool to see them experimenting with that kind of it's different. It, you know, kudos to the entire team that came up with this because... Yeah. Thought it worked and, and the song selection with it really worked it was just highlighting these fantastic songs, uh, but but with this whole new thing behind it that you know it, it was cool it, it, it really worked to me in person yeah that's awesome uh taylor how about you were you super freaked out by the dr darkness visuals they were pretty creepy uh it was uh definitely one of those moments where looking added in the moment you didn't really know what was going on and looking back it was almost like wizard of odds type moment you know where mm -hmm. you're 
black and white and they take you into color and the songs make sense now. So it was, it was pretty neat in retrospect as well, but yeah, in the moment it just, it looked, it looked really rad. I thought yeah. I agree with Jeff. It was just really well executed and thoughtful would be the word I would use. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then, then we get closer to midnight, you know, they rip into Madhavan and this, this just, this just rips, you know, the Madhavan, all things I Madhavan. It's just like close to, I think it's like 18 minutes or so total. It's absolute, like just heat. And I, I went when I when I threw this on this morning for the first time, and I I just heard the way that Rick just tore into the Auld Lang Syne riff without missing a beat, and the way that the band went through that was just really good. That's interesting, Garrett. Thank you for that. Uh, it was told that soundcheck both nights they did the regular like the slow Auld Lang Syne, so really cool that they did it quickly uh during mod of on taylor what 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 did you think of this and you know was the was it immediately evident when they returned back into color was it then like a, oh my god like that's what's been missing for the last 20 minutes or whatever what what was what was the new year's drop yeah like? I, I think so it was one of those where i didn't see all things on coming because of how heavy that jam was going at the time yeah. it was just like you said it was ripping so it almost forced the Auld Lang Syne to be this just like energetic, very goose indie groove like Auld Lang Syne, which was very appropriate. And then when the color comes in, you're just, you know, because the, the countdown happened in black and white and then the lights came in and you're like, oh, my God. So, yeah, the, the balloons came down. It was weird to see pictures of no balloons at fish and uh, balloons right. at goose because that, that, that hadn't been done. There was uh, a lot but of it was confetti. One <laughs> that's what I heard and saw. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, it was definitely one of those moments. But I would the the note for me was on the Auld Lang Syne, which usually is just a moment, and then they go into something else. But they really integrated it into the jam. They almost made that Auld Lang Syne their own in a way. It was it was really cool how they did it. Yeah, felt very organic. Nice, Jeff. Yeah, I mean the, the countdown was awesome. I mean even just the what was happening on screens with the numbers counting down. I mean, it just looked cool. And then that moment when they hit zero and they started all Lang Syne and, and it switched to the full spectrum of the rainbow and colors. Yeah, I mean, it, it just really just changed the vibe. I thought it was a cool way to just energize everybody into a new year. Like, hey, you know, welcome to 2023. You know, like all, uh, all the colors of the rainbow are here. And, you know, Taylor, I think you mentioned Wizard of Oz. And yeah, I could. I hadn't thought about that, but now that you mentioned it, it was very much like that. You know, like start off in black and white to move into full color. But he sounded so good on that. But particularly, I mean, just that was an amazing example of like how he's able to room right now with, mm -hmm. and with that tone and just, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, I mean my, my jaw was slack jawed through, through pretty much that entire sequence on the floor yeah neil, neil what was that like from the couch uh pretty good you know i was getting strong pressure from at 902 vickers to note the 1231 <laughs> 93 uh harry hood tease in the middle there and not call it all <laughs> sign. um but uh no this was good it was a really good jam and yeah it just had fire to it you know the interesting thing that i'm starting to realize with rick is it's not just his tone that's kind of changed. It seems like he's playing with more ego. And it was like one of the yeah. things that I think when I, when I got into this band, I think one of the things that attracted me to this band was the way that Rick plays without ego. Like he's not the big kind of ripping guitar player that steps to the front of the stage and, you know, I don't know, like holds a note for a minute and a half and kind of does this stuff. But now he's kind of doing those things and I love it. Um, and this jam is indicative of that. Um, not as much ego as Graham. Yeah, I, like maybe it's just like some playing with Graham, you know, and he's like, you know what? Fuck everybody else. I'm just going to step out here and do my thing. And I, I think that, uh, yeah, that was great. And I think when Rick really steps to the front and just lets it all hang out, it's mm -hmm. amazing. And yeah. that's that's what you got here. Yeah, it was excellent. And the official announcement of the Always Almost There uh, bracket ruling on this Modavon is that um, they will be not counted as one jam. Um, if you would like to enter this on your bracket, you must only enter the first 
12 minutes of Madhavan or the last two minutes or the minute and a half of Auld Lang Syne on, on their own. Uh, we are choosing to uphold the Segway precedent. Don't shake your head at that like that, Neil. You it's agree just not that? a big deal. <laughs> just, you know what? I don't know. People in this community uh, care. You may not. People um, well, we'll see. Yeah, and then, <laughs> folks will will do their brackets. But anyway, I don't I'll, think this Madavon ends up in mind, so it's a movement, no. But in any case, but if if you do put it in your bracket as all three, it just will not count. So don't waste a ranking. Um, all right, and then the set you know continues after that. I feel like Empress is the perfect song. You know they did this post uh, countdown last year too. Um, it's just like you know this song is just like happy. Just great. And then great jam on this one too. Nice organ work from Peter. I think Neil, you were talking about like kind of a jazzy vibe last night. Um, was I, I don't remember what I was saying last yeah, night. The... Uh, it was pretty late in the night at that point, Ryan, we'd have already had uh, champagne. So details are foggy when we get towards the end of the show. What do you think I was doing at the time? <laughs> uh, well, you heard the show this morning. You yes. had a different show. No, I, I'm remembering your message. A show that we're though. not going to talk about on this no, podcast. Hey, I've been really um, good at not talking about it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, this Empress, I need to go back and listen to again. It's long. So it's got a lot of stuff in it. And details are foggy. Yeah, I'm dropping big takes here. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff. That's No, you know, I, I was saying of... Garrett's, oh, Garrett's big Garrett. take here. The best Empress since 61921. Interesting. That might be true. I, I mean, I don't know how many great empresses there are in between those two. Uh, there's a couple, but there's um, like what sticks out is like Houston or something like that. From uh, yeah, it was the yeah. the it was Austin, Austin, um, 11, yeah. 12, 21, and I think San Francisco uh, from this year. Yeah, also good. But yeah, when when you get an empress that long, you get really quality soloing, and I think we'd got that last night. You know, Peter, this is Peter's opportunity to go and, and do whatever the heck he wants for a good segment of time. And yeah, it hit. Yeah. Well, let, and let, let's let's talk about the whole rest of the set here. Thatch and Dripfield, too. I mean, Thatch. It's Thatch. It's Thatch. It's Thatch. Killer. That's, that's not 20 so minutes. Good. Still not 20 we'll minutes. We'll get there. It, it'll it'll right happen. I think really what I need to do is um, just at Jeff on Twitter and then he'll respond and say like, yes, Neil, I think it's a great idea to play a 20 yeah, minute. He that. definitely think... won't be like, <laughs> I don't have control over these things or I just play drums, man. Oh man. Or maybe no, he would just ignore you. He probably would just ignore me. I don't know. <laughs> um, but in any case, it would be funny to hear what you would have to say about that. But Jeff is a man of the people up to a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then, so what did, what did you guys think, uh, Taylor talk about Empress Thatch Dripfield? Yeah. Empress was, Empress was really good. It was, I don't know if you did say the jazzy comment, Neil, or not, but I, I think it was kind of jazzy. Um, it, it just, I was trying to think of a word for it this morning when I was re-listening. It's kind of like slow, but it, it bounces along pretty well after the, after the Peter solo. Um, and then it's almost Rick gets it back going with this almost drive, like, uh, kind of like that groove that he does in Drive where the guitar goes pretty fast, almost like a Talking Heads type uh, groove that, towards the end. So it, it has a lot of, as Neil said, it has a lot of stuff in it and a lot of stuff probably worth worth listening to, I would say. It, it, was, it was good. And then Thatch, I mean, I don't remember a song being this new that I like this much in a long time. I've only heard it, you know, this is my, I heard it at Goosemas, but uh, it's almost like one of those you feel like you've been listening to for years and, and, mm -hmm. and love it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to them jamming this out. I thought last night, you know, it was towards the end of the night. I was like, yeah, that one got jammed. I looked this morning. It didn't. It's like when Fish plays tube and it's like five minutes and you feel like it's 20. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's like one of those. Just, you just like the song that much. Um, and then Dripfield, always, always great. It was, you know, a little bit shorter. I think they were against the clock a little bit. But um, the, Peter and Rick had a cool little like solo off almost, guitar, piano off for there for a little bit. And it had a nice jam at the end. So I thought mm -hmm. that was cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Jeff, fourth quarter. Empress uh, fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I missed the Empress talk, but I, I, I kind of actually had to sit down for a while during Empress, so I won't talk much about that. But Thatch, yeah, I mean, it, 
I want to I want to shout out Trevor on that because he sounded in that room. I mean, just Thatch in general sounded great in that room. I thought better than it did at Goosemas, uh, and it sounded good at Goosemas. But but Thatch popping on that type of sound system was super super impressive. And hearing Trevor's like clanging clanking bass noises through that was really impressive. It went right into drip field, which is another you know big chance for Trevor to shine with deep low bombs and it, it, it was a pretty cool fourth quarter. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Hell yeah, awesome! Yeah, it was a great way to close. And then you know we get a, a first time cover debut, another David Gray tune. This year's love in the encore, and then Animal to close, which I feel like you know you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, if you didn't see that coming. Then I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, I hit, I hit like I pretty hit much a guarantee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like going to be that or hot tea, right? To to yeah. close out the show. I and... I'd rather animal in that slot, quite honestly. Oh, totally uh, agree. I mean, encore that literally shit. every slot. I would rather have animal than hot tea if it's one or the other, <laughs> just for like a little bit. It's yeah. it's not that I don't like hot tea. It's just that they've played it an awful lot this year, yes. and I'm quite tired of the song. It's like hearing Hey Ya again. It's just like, I've heard the song a million times in my life. And it was really damn catchy the first time I heard it. But like, I don't know. It's it's a little bit too much. A um, little bit too much tea. So Animal, cool. And then this cover was unbelievable. Again, live tweeting the, the set list really kind of interfered with my ability to enjoy this one. Because I was panicking. Because I was not familiar with the song. Okay, uh, I, I I saw your message and I I sent you Garrett's tweet within like thirty seconds. Yeah, I was panicking for roughly thirty seconds. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so good on you, Garrett, for uh, for the help there. Garrett Garrett's uh, on fire with these comments today. Hot tea <laughs> has become hot start to the car. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, Garrett, um, for for tipping us off there because I never would have got that one. David Gray, yeah. not a thing I listened to. Um, so killer though, yeah. killer cover. Yeah, I, I thought I it was a good it. for that for, place. I mean, like, I mean that 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 CD didn't leave my CD player for like a year and a half, probably back around the time it came out in 2000 or so, whenever that was. So to have them go into that, it just set a whole vibe in the whole room, and people seemed really, really into it, and it created a cool vibe. But at the same time. I don't think anybody there knew what it was either because I, I, I told 360 degrees of me like, oh yeah, it's this David Gray song. It's this David Gray song. But yeah. it, it was... The, the cool it, people it, knew. It set a vibe. The, the cool people knew. Taylor, what did there you think no of this I, I haven't seen this notated anywhere, but, but Jeff... I see... Um, you may want to go refresh um, lgoose.net now because it says it. Oh, it does say that now. Oh, great, it's, great. it's always said it. I didn't just update it. It has always said that. <laughs> noted, oh, noted. Anyway, uh, Taylor, Taylor, what were your thoughts on the encore? <laughs> I was a big David Griffin in high school, so hearing this, I didn't know it was the first time they played it until today, but I thought it was really cool. And just, you know, with it being the new year and this year's love, like I thought that was a, a cool touch. It's an emotional song for me. So I thought that was cool. And then going into animal after, you know, washed away the emotions and you got to dancing again. And I thought that was a great way to end the show. show. So I thought I liked the dichotomy of the uh, kind of slow sentimental tune into animal. I thought that was uh, a nice choice. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you, Jeff and Taylor so much being on the pod today we really appreciate you guys coming on glad you had a blast in cincinnati um hope see you guys at a show this spring uh for sure you know and uh look forward to you both getting involved in the bracket yeah thanks for having us it was a pleasure yeah can't wait yeah thanks yeah. appreciate you having us on the call thanks guys of course anytime yeah. talk to you guys get soon. those brackets in ryan will show up at your house uh, I will. Well, and we, we, we have, we have a couple more, we have a couple more non Cincinnati related topics to touch on. You know, I know I'll, I'll let you brag first. Well, you know, I, I'm going to save kind of the, the victory lap for when we get on with jive again, but uh, 
Fantasy Goose 2022 season, I'm the winner. And I think we all saw that coming, right? Yes. So I would like uh, to point out, though, right for the me, top four are you, Brian, Danny, and me. So yes, that proves one thing and one thing only, which is we all listen to way too much Goose, and we should yes. be proud. And we all take it way too seriously. Kev Kev is actually the real winner because he's an 11th, which means he doesn't take it as seriously. Um, And then I meant to look up who won, who won the season. um, Um, Yes. I'll I'll look at the season, but I want to shout out uncle Fred's jive who hit eight for eight last night. That is really impressive. I don't know how many times that's been done, um, but he hit eight for eight, which is really, really cool. The uh, Goosemas and new year's winner Chris Newcomb, 87 points. Pretty good. Oh, and Seth I was in fourth. I beat you yeah. by a... A healthy amount, yeah. Wow. I don't do good in short seasons. Wow. I never you, do good. Yeah, I know. You you need you need a lot of dates to like have a... I've got a formula a that works. Minute, uh, comeback. But yes, that we'll talk more about Fantasy Goose on our big bracket episode, I'm sure. Yep. Um, as we always do. Um, wow. Lisa Borden, what a great question. When are brackets done? Asking for a friend. I know you definitely have a top 64 Goose Jams of the year. Um, For anybody who is not aware or needs a reminder, um, get going on your rankings. Uh, Google form uh, you can find at ryanstorm.substack.com or check out on our social media accounts uh, if you have not gotten a uh, ranking spreadsheet yet. But those are due on January 3rd, which is Tuesday at 11.59 Eastern time. So get those rankings in. We're going to be finalizing the bracket later this week and getting it out hopefully next week, which is going to be awesome. We will be um, announcing next week. We will be announcing our bracket prediction contest like we did last year um, and how the voting is going to work over on Twitter. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see how this bracket looks in a few days i'm excited about it i mean i think more thought has gone into this bracket than ever has gone into any bracket i think i can yeah. say that we have and then you I, know we, we we crowd seated the 2020 bracket back when it was just brian and i doing it and we had i think uh 20 people requested spreadsheets and we had 11 uh submissions of rankings um and this year um you know, last year, the five of us did the seating ourselves, but this year we're crowd seating again, and we have 180 spreadsheets have been sent out, which is so exciting. Uh, so even if only half of the people turn them in, we have a huge, huge pool of, um, of people getting involved, and we love that everybody's getting involved. So please, if you would like to get involved, get involved. Please get involved. Please get involved. It's exciting. But yeah, so just to finish the thought, I think – the crowd seating that's happening. I think the work that we've done leading up to that best bracket ever so far in terms of Hell the yeah. amount of effort that's been put into it. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Excited to listen to way too much goose every day again. Well, I mean like we, you're going to be, are we going to do two for the first round? Yes. I, so, so I mean, yeah, yeah. we're, we were going to announce that next week, but it's really not important. Um, we yeah. are going to be to, to expedite the process a little bit. Cause I know we heard, um, last year, especially some people were like, Oh, it's a little slow, even though it only was two months. Um, so for the first round of voting, we are going to be doing two polls per day instead of one, which means we will be able to shave off two weeks. Right. And then hopefully we finish in time for tour. That is that is the goal. As long as, yeah. as long as we, as long as we get our shit together and get it started on time, uh, we should be able to pull that off before tour well, starts in March. Now we have no choice, but to do it um, because yes. we've set it on the, you, you put it out there, you put it out. Um, there, so we got to do it. Um, yeah. And so you will be hearing from us in a very, very long formatted episode next week. I, you know, I keep saying this, but I, I'm expecting it to hit three hours. Um, so prepare yourselves. You know, if, if you want to go listen to our episode from last year, it's two and a half hours. We go through every single matchup on the bracket. We're going to be doing that again. Um, we're going to talk about fantasy, obviously. It's going to be lots of fun. And obviously, we'll be back here uh, live streaming in two weeks after their performance playing in the sand. Uh, if anybody watching or listening is going to playing in the sand, we'll be seeing Goose and would like to be on the pod the next day broadcasting from Mexico. 
send us a message on social media because uh, we would love to have a guest who's going to be there. But that that's going to be exciting. Very excited for the band. Stoked about that one. I mean, it's the birth oh, yeah. birthplace of Moby, right? I know. It I, happened right? there. It's a big so deal on that stage. There's there's magic in in this place. Twenty so minute I'm Moby it's coming. Uh, yeah, man. Moby. Yeah, we'll see. Well. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Went a little lengthy today, covered two shows. It was great. Our final 2022 day after show. We really appreciate everybody who has been tuning into these since we started doing them at the end of August. Looking forward to many, many more amazing Goose shows in 2023 and beyond. We will see you guys soon. Thanks for watching. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.